Hello everyone, Drew here, That Anxiety Guy. Welcome to episode one of my brand new Anxiety, Panic, and Agoraphobia podcast. Now I'm going to be honest here, I'm not really sure where this is going to go. I'm not sure how often I'll be adding new episodes. I even had a hard time deciding what to call this thing. But what I do know is that this is something that I've been considering for some time now. And when I put the idea out there, I discovered that there are enough people that seem to want to hear what I have to say about this stuff, so I'm going to give it a run. And I do appreciate you coming along for the ride. Now, before I start, I have to tell you two things. Number one, I'm not a medical doctor or a licensed therapist. And number two, this podcast is not meant as a replacement for qualified medical advice. Now, I'm just a guy from Long Island that's had enough experience with anxiety and panic to last more than a lifetime. I've gone from a normal life way to the bottom of the pit and back again, actually, a few times. So I'm here to share my experiences and to talk about what I've learned along the way. If you're in a bad place right now, hopefully hearing what's worked for me and for others will provide some support, some encouragement, and I hope some empowerment and ultimately inspiration that might propel you along on your own journey. Now, it is important for me to say that I'm not selling anything here. This isn't about money. It's really about what I think is my obligation to feed my success back into the system so you can benefit in the same way that I've stood on the shoulders of the people that went before me. It's just my turn now. Now, it was suggested that my first episode should be biographical and that I should tell my story. And I do think that's a good idea, and I will, but I think I'm going to save that for another time. And we're going to get started in the first few episodes by covering some really important concepts that I think are important for everyone to get a firm grasp on. So, get comfortable, and let's get started. Now, today I want to spend maybe 10 minutes on one basic idea, and that is that anxiety is physical, but anxiety disorders are cognitive. Now, let me explain what I mean, and then I'll tell you why it's important that you get behind this concept. If you're listening to me, I'm going to assume that you are experiencing real, non-significant anxiety and panic. You know what a panic attack feels like and what anxiety feels like. You understand weak legs and the blurred vision. You know what a racing heart and shaking hands feel like. You've experienced the rapid swings between hot and cold and those disturbing feelings of detachment and unsteadiness and unreality. We don't really need to go over every panic symptom, but you do need to understand that there is a physical basis for all of it. Now, be it general anxiety or full-blown panic, there are specific biological processes driving what you think and what you feel while in an anxious state. In every sense of the word, being anxious or panicked is a physical thing. Anxiety is physical. An anxiety disorder, on the other hand, is mental or cognitive in nature. A person can feel anxious every day and might even panic on a regular basis without ever developing an anxiety disorder or panic disorder. So being anxious really isn't the issue. It's the cognitive reaction to that physical condition that creates so many problems for so many people. Your first panic attack is terrifying, but the attack itself isn't what sends you into that downward spiral. It's how you interpret your panic and anxiety symptoms and how you react to them that matters most. Once you begin to worry about your anxiety, once you begin anticipating it and fearing the next attack, and most of all, once you begin engineering your life to avoid those uncomfortable situations, that's when the reels really start to fall off and you get into trouble. Now, there are two cognitive processes that really come into play here. The first is interpretation. The second is fear and avoidance. It's natural and common to initially interpret anxiety symptoms as dangerous and threatening, especially when they first surface. This interpretation is what drives the fear and avoidance. Now, what I find incredibly fascinating is that most people will follow one of only three reaction paths when anxiety begins to appear regularly in their lives. 
Some people will interpret it as disturbing and annoying, but never dangerous. For these people, fear and avoidance really never takes hold. And anxiety may simply appear now and then, or even if it hangs around every day, it's just silently accepted and endured while they just continue to live their lives. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that enduring anxiety is a formula for success, but at least for these people, there's no slide into that abyss of anxiety. Now, another group of people will be terrified of anxiety and panic symptoms and will almost instantly begin to exhibit behaviors that are driven by the fear and avoidance. Now, you might think that you're in the second group, but just hang in there with me for a minute. Now, this second group of anxiety sufferers appears to have a greater ability to learn through experience that anxiety isn't dangerous. So after panic attack number 700 or 705, it becomes clear that there's no actual danger and the fear and avoidance behaviors begin to reverse or at least fade to some degree. Now, for these folks, that light bulb moment, that aha moment, that flash of insight comes within weeks or sometimes months and the horrible downward spiral is interrupted. It can be reversed then with some work. For others, however, the light bulb moment doesn't really come quite so easily or even at all. They continue to interpret the symptoms of anxiety and panic as dangerous or life-threatening. The fear of physical harm, death, or insanity persists, and the fear and avoidance cycle really kicks into high gear. A significant amount of time and energy is usually spent worrying about anxiety, thinking about it, and anticipating the next attack. In the worst case, lifestyle changes are made in an effort to avoid the places or situations that might trigger anxiety symptoms. So people struggle to get out of, ha out of the house and go to work, or they might even quit their jobs. Students might drop out of school. A lot of people begin to avoid regular daily tasks like grocery shopping or social events like going out to the movies or out to eat with friends. In a lot of cases, focus turns inward, and there's frequent or even constant scanning and checking of bodily sensations and thoughts. They're always vigilant and braced for that next wave of anxiety. In the most severe cases, agoraphobia develops, and people can become stuck in the house or even in one room of the house. They're actually terrified to leave that safe place for fear of how they feel if they do. So... Do you see the difference between these groups? Three different paths. But more importantly, can you see that there's a similarity and that there's a common link? There is actually a common shared experience. That common link is the anxiety. The very same anxiety can lead down three very different paths. The same racing heart, blurred vision, and feelings of unreality. For some, prove almost meaningless, while for others, they trigger this disastrous deterioration. Same physical condition with dramatically different cognitive and mental reactions. Now do you understand why I say that anxiety is physical, but anxiety disorders are mental? This is such an important concept because it governs how we approach our anxiety. Stop trying to stamp out your anxiety and start looking at how you interpret it and react to it. If you're still struggling with anxiety and panic, if you're stuck in your house or afraid to venture out without your safe person, the difference between you and me isn't that your anxiety is any more severe or any different than mine. The difference is in how you've been reacting to that anxiety. It's how you've inadvertently created these learned avoidance and safety behaviors, and now they have you trapped. So anxiety disorders, I'll say it again, are cognitive, they're mental. You're trapped in a cage that you have actually created with your own thoughts and actions. You've accidentally learned to live the life that you're living. Now, I know that kind of sounds harsh, but I'm not one to sugarcoat things. And if you stick around with the podcast, you're going to see that. Those of you who know me for a while already know that. But there is some good news here. That's quite excellent news. 
And this is that the human brain is an insanely brilliant invention. And so you can actually unlearn all that bad stuff with the right focus and some hard work, determination and doses of courage and personal responsibility. You can break the patterns that hold you right now hostage to your own thoughts and bodily sensations. So really, the takeaway from this episode is that it's not the physical anxiety that we care about, it's the cognitively driven anxiety disorder that matters. Now, I suggest that you start working on changing your target. Don't focus on how you feel, focus on what you do. What do you think about when you get anxious? What kind of self-talk goes through your head? What physical behaviors do you engage in when you get anxious or feel panic building? What habits or rituals have you settled into? So the next time anxiety begins to rise, grab your phone and record some audio. Talk to yourself. Say what you're thinking out loud. Even better, use the phone to make a video of yourself. Now, don't worry how you look or how you sound. It's really just a tool for your own personal use. Shooting video or standing in front of a mirror are both excellent ways to identify the safety and avoidance behaviors that you didn't even know you were engaging in, and that's a really good first step. So... I think that's it for this time, folks. I hope this has been helpful for you in some way. In the next few episodes, we're going to talk about my own story and how I went from nightmare to normal, and I think the really the two main things that got me there. Until then, I want you to remember that every step forward is a good step forward, no matter how small it might be. So just keep working at it, and I'll see you again real soon. <laughs>